Well, good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome to another Friday at the Father's Table. This is Midday Meditation at the Father's Table podcast, and I am your host, Pastor Ronnell Tate. I'm the lead pastor of the Father's House Frisco, and your host every Friday of Midday Meditations at the Father's Table. It is our time where we dive into the scriptures, the word, the voice of the Lord, to hear what he's saying for us and to us. And not only that, that we might be quickened and encouraged and strengthened to go another day, another week, another hour with him in this day and in this age. And, and if you were not aware, more than anything else, there is a deficit of biblical truth, of Bible knowledge amongst believers. We are a people today as a whole, and I know that there are exceptions to everything. We are a people who are enamored and in love with the gifts of the Spirit, and we should be. I am one of those who loves everything of the Spirit and yet we must also be a people today who are in love with the Word. It is in the Word that we learn who the Spirit is and how He operates and how He moves. It is here in the Word that we can daily have prophetic utterances over our lives. It is in the Word where we encounter His very presence, who He is, what He longs to do not only for me, but through me and to me. We need to not only love the things that he does, but we need to learn to love him. The Bible tells us in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, that he and the Word are one. They are one in the same. There is no separation of the two. So if we are to say, and if we are to be a people who are in love with him, then we must love everything that he says. We must love his word. We must love what is written of his word, what is spoken of his word. We must love what is done and projected and spoken in our heart audibly, the things that he does around us because they all contain his voice. If we're to be a people of miracles, of signs and in wonders, they're first mentioned here in his word. We must be lovers in, of him in his totality. So I am excited. I know that we have not... I know it has been a few weeks since we have uh, been here on Midday Meditation, excuse me, <coughs> and that is uh, my family and I, we, we, the last segment of Midday Meditation we did was May 28th, I believe that Friday was, the following Friday, the 4th. Uh, we just had busy, we were busy here in the house, and I felt that I needed to take that week off. I, If I feel from the Lord that my family needs me, and if I feel, I will immediately cut things out. And, and so I did that, and then the following week, the Lord instructed us to go to South Carolina, and what a wonderful time we had there in His presence. It was marvelous and magnificent and, and so great. So we, and then last week, just getting back into the routine. And so we have been off for a few weeks with podcasts, but here we are again, high noon on a Friday. And I pray that wherever you are, you are overcoming, you are growing in your walk with him. And that every day that you are being transformed into his image, that you are looking more and more like him daily. We are here in Frisco, Texas. It is a beautiful Friday. Here we 
uh, in the mid-90s, but it's sunny. sunny. The mid-90s are nothing for us. We're used to that. But it is sunny. It is a beautiful Friday. And here we are diving into the voice of the Father, the voice of the Lord, what he has to say to us. And I pray that this day, today, you would be encouraged, that you would be encouraged by what he would say to us, and that you would have a greater desire to study, to read, to digest every word upon the pages of this book here, because this is truly life indeed. Today, I asked the Lord, I said, what would you have me, what passage of Scripture would you have me to go over today and jump into? And very quickly, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which I know very well over the last 23 years, have read it I don't know how many times, have studied it, have taught it, and I still do not know it as well as I ought. But it is this passage on trust. You and I today, we need to trust completely and wholly in Him for everything more than ever. If you've heard anything from the news, and in our home we don't uh, have the news on much, if at all, we are strategic in any news channels that we may look at. The majority of them, I have them blocked <coughs> from our, excuse me, from our cable service. So if you were here in our home, and you try to turn on <coughs> CNN or MSNBC or Fox, you would just get a page that comes up and asks for a proper code to watch them. But if you have come by any news and you hear it, you pick it up, whatever, however you are able to get news, people talking in the grocery store, whatever, you would know that there is an assault for the sensibilities of our mind, our thinking, of our heart. There is an all-out assault by the enemy to produce fear, anxiety, worry, panic over so many aspects of life. Inflation is rising. Gas prices are rising. We are concerned about this and concerned about that. And yet the Scripture tells us that we are to trust in Him. It, it is so interesting from the aspect that we are to trust in Him that so often He would give these, the Lord would give these instructions, and they would be written down by prophets of the Lord in the midst of great turmoil. I think sometimes as believers, we forget the world in which Jesus walked when he was here. There was slavery. There was great prejudice. If you remember, the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. Why? Because in their minds, uh, they were half-breed. They were half Jew, Jew, and I believe Armenian. They were mixture. So the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans, prejudice. There was sexism, classism, major religion. And this is the world in which Jesus was born to reveal the Father to a nation who had forgotten what he was like, to a generation who did not walk with him. And today, we as believers, 
we are to be the source of hope for our entire society. In the midst of what we are facing, we as believers should have the greatest calm and resolve because we know our Father is sure. As we get into Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 on trust, I want to read a couple of the passages because our hope has been under attack, right, over the last year and a half, majorly. What have we put our hope in? This last year and a half, it has done many things. But one thing that it has done is it has shown forth and proven where my trust lies. In whom have I placed my hope? Am I trusting in the company that I work for? Am I trusting in the government of my nation? Am I trust what am I really trusting in when we are squeezed by pressure? What comes out of us reveals what is in us. And I believe that if hope and trust and faith, they are all intertwined. But in moments of great difficulty, great shaking, great pressure, if my trust is not rooted and grounded upon the Word of God and also in the one who is the Word, if my trust is not completely, my complete trust, holding nothing back, if it is not rooted in Him, my hope will fail me. Listen to this as we get into Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Psalm 27, 13. If you have your Bibles, you could jump there. You can jot it down and just go to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs 27, 13. This is a favorite psalm of mine uh, because in Psalm 27, 10, the Lord brought great deliverance and freedom to my life from this verse. It's, he says, do not, um, when my father and my mother forsake me, he says, then the Lord will take care of me. It is a promise for this day, a promise for my day, a promise for me at an hour when I needed it more than anything and didn't know I needed it until he took me there. It is this promise that he gives me that is sure even if at moments and at times it may not feel like it. There are promises all over the Scriptures that I must take and hold on to if I am ever to come to this place where I'm going to read what David said. If I am going to have hope, I must trust in the promises of the Lord. I must trust in His nature, in His character, in the integrity that He possesses. In what he has said, he has told me that the seal and proof that he is who he says he is and that he will do and is coming again and he has done everything that you've read and he will do all that he's promised. The seal of that is the Holy Spirit. You, you know, in, when you read uh, through the Old Testament, when the king would make a decree, he would take his ring and create a signet seal upon the envelope or, or the scroll that was round up to seal it and to send it wherever it was going so that the recipient would know, one, that it was sealed. You can see that it was sealed. It had not been altered or doctored in any kind of way, that it was original and authentic. But the seal, the signet ring of the king, says that you can guarantee that what is written in this would be done because it has the king's seal upon it. The Holy Spirit is the seal. He is the proof, the title deed, that what the Father has promised through the Son will be done. And 
The question is, do I trust it or not? David says this in Psalm 27, 13. He says, I would have lost heart. As one version says, I would have lost hope. I would have lost heart. My heart would have failed me. It is written in the New Testament that in that day, there is this day that is coming that men's hearts will fail them because of fear. They lost hope. Why? They forfeited their trust. They placed their trust in the wrong place, in the wrong person. They did not trust in the goodness of our Lord. He says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have lost heart. I would have forfeited my trust. I would have had no hope. My heart would have failed me because of fear unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In this time, while I am physically alive, he says, I knew that I would see the goodness of the Lord. And so no matter what surrounded me and no matter what, what was taking place, I held on to this one thing, that I, would, that I would see his goodness abound around me and within my life. I trusted completely and wholeheartedly in what he was saying. <coughs> Excuse me. So then he says in verse 14, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your hearts. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. That word to wait is not a passive word, but is a fully active word. The reason I am waiting, well, my, my waiting is with great anticipation. There, there is one uh, commentator, one um, um, definition of this word wait that means to twirl with a dance. You, you know, it is the picture of uh, a young woman waiting on her fiancé, her newly found love to pick her up or take her out on out to dinner or so she waits with great expectancy and in anticipation for his arrival why because i put my complete trust in what he has said am i here now in the earth even in this day and in this hour that we're living with great anticipation and expectancy of the goodness of the lord being fulfilled in, my, in this day, in this hour, am I expecting to see it because I've placed my complete trust in him? 1 John 3, 2, talking about hope. Why? I believe they're intertwined, and then we'll come right back to trust. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. This is the believer. He says, Beloved, now we are children of God. That's you and I. We are children of God. He says, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. In that day, when we have our glorious spiritual bodies, when we take off, uh, when we put on uh, immortality and take off this mortal flesh, has not re been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when, listen to this, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. This is our great hope. For we shall see him as he is. The Bible over and over again says that we are being made into the image of Christ. But while we're on this side, we haven't seen him fully as he is. So therefore, we do not reveal, we do not know yet what we shall be like. 
But we know that when we see him, we'll be like him. Because we'll see him as he is. Listen to what he says in verse 3. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Do you know, he is saying there, that if I carry the hope, that if I have put my complete trust in what the Lord has said in this life, and I carry this hope wherever I go, then I will live a life that becomes purer and purer every day, every month. I will put off impurities every time I find them. I will walk away from that which dirties up my life, my spirit, that which is not found in him. Why? Because I carry the hope that I will be like him. And he is pure. He is holy. And so therefore, I live my life not worried about the criticisms uh, uh, the persecutions, the, the shaming, the defiling of people toward me. I don't worry about the things they say about me. Why? Because my hope is fixed upon this truth. That I am going to be like him. And so therefore I do whatever I must in this life to prepare me for that day. Where is my trust? My trust and my hope are intertwined. What am I trusting in? And where does my hope lie? One more passage and then we'll jump over to Proverbs 3. One more verse, I should say. Luke. The Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke 18. Jesus asks this question in verse 8. He says, I tell you, he was talking about the unjust judge who had this woman who was wearying him, the Scriptures tell us, that Jesus said, because she kept coming to him to avenge her. Listen to this story. And then there is a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard him. Now, there was a widow in that city, Luke 18, verse 3. And she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, verse 4. But afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, least, least by her continual coming she weary me. He said, I don't fear God, nor do I regard man. But this woman is getting on my nerves. And if I don't respond to her, if I don't answer her, she's going to keep coming. <coughs> then the <coughs> Verse 6, then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Here is the verse, the part of this verse in 8. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? He said, my father is more just. He is righteous. Yet this unjust judge is not. And yet he dealt rightly with this woman. He is asking and putting forth this question. Do you not trust your father to deal with you righteously and justly? Even though it takes a while. That is the part that the believer that you and I don't always like is the taking a while. 
We are bound by time, and time is everything to us. We have eight hours that we sleep, eight hours that we work. We have this time frame, 24 hours in a day. And we want the Lord to, uh, to respond to us in our time frame, on our time clock. When he is not bound by time, time was created by him and is contained within him. It is why the scriptures tell us that one day is like or as a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. There is no time within him. And he says, will you trust in this, the righteousness and the justice and the faithfulness of your father? He says, will he not avenge them when his own elect cry out to him, his own sons and daughters cry out to him day and night? Will he, and though he bears long with them, it is the bearing long that we lose our trust. And there, therefore, when we lose our trust, our hope is forfeited. This is why Jesus said, when he returns, will he really find faith in the earth? This last year, the last year and a half now or so, whatever it's been, last year and four months, whatever, has been a major exposing of what we trust in. And if we're trusting in the wrong thing, our hope will go awry. And if our hope is, has gone awry, or we have hope in the wrong things, then we cannot have true faith in the one who is faithful. Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy and says of the Lord, though we are faithless, faith less. He is faithful. He cannot deny himself. It is exposed. This is one of the things that it exposed where our trust is. Where our trust is speaks to, will show forth where our hope lies. And where our hope lies or does not lie will reveal the measure and the depth of the faith that we truly carry. It's important they all are intertwined. And I want to encourage you today in this, that he is faithful. Though it seems to take longer than what you had hoped for, he has my best interest at heart. He will not fail me. He will not fail you. He has not given up on you. He has not turned from you. Now, maybe we have turned from him, but he has not turned from us. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is the trust he is after. And this is the type of trust that we must live from if hope is to explode inside of our lives. Trust, verse 5, in the Lord of Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Sometimes, or I'll speak from me, there's been times in my life as a believer that I have trusted the Lord in part but not with my whole heart. I've reserved a little for myself, thinking I knew better and know better. I wanted control and didn't want to yield the control to his ways and his, measure of, and his measures of doing things. Yet we sing <clears throat> that it's all about you, that you're everything. You're the only thing, and yet we reserve certain ways, certain things for ourselves. I don't want to be exposed. I don't want to be shown to be a fraud. I want people to look at me a certain way. And yet heaven is trying to bring me to a place to be in the image of the most beautiful one that has ever existed, Jesus. 
Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not, not a portion. In Proverbs here, it tells us, I believe it's Proverbs 4. <clears throat> he tells us to keep our heart <clears throat> with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. But he also writes in Proverbs that out of my heart flows all of the issues of my life. So he wants me to trust him with the totality and the completeness of all that I am. With all of my life, trust him. Every area of my life, he wants me to trust him. To yield to him as the greater the one who possesses all wisdom, the one who possesses all understanding and all knowledge. He wants me to bring the entirety of my life and trust him, to lay it before him, to trust him in everything that I do. <clears throat> and he, let, he says, and lean not on your own understanding. Oh, that's a big one. Every one of us was born into a certain household. No matter for you if it was <coughs> very pleasant growing up, somewhat pleasant, traumatic, what, whatever it may have been, every one of us was born into a family of some sort. And in that, we learned certain ways. We gained an understanding of life, how, however it may happen. For, because I say this because some of us had traumatic upbringings and we learned rejection. We learned that we were not enough. We learned uh, uh, the negative aspects that the enemy would want to inject into the issues of our heart. No matter how, what you learn, no matter how well it was, for those who say it was a rough upbringing, and even for those who say it was a great upbringing, he still says, says the same thing. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on how you were taught. Don't lean on the understanding that you bear of how the world operates, of how relationships, of all of these things, no matter how poor, no matter how good they are. He says, don't lean upon them. That, that word lean is this. Doesn't mean that my thoughts aren't valid to the Lord. No, no, no. That word lean means to use as a crutch. That my own understanding I use it to prop up every area of my life. Because in that, I would get comfortable. As it props up my life, I use it to lean on, to rest, to get me through as crutches, as extra legs. I use it to govern my life. No, 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 no. He says he, he wants to do that. Uh, the very next verse, starting verse 6. In all your ways, Acknowledge Him first. The way I am to be as a husband, I don't, don't lean on my own understanding how I was propped up or lack thereof. What do you say a husband is like? As a father, I don't lean upon my own understanding of what being a father is like. No, 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 no. I'm, I must come to you and, and say, what, what do you say? How am I to be? I, I don't lean upon my own understanding of what it means to live in, to, in family and, and to have relationship. No, 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 no. What do you say? I acknowledge you in all my ways. In every area of my life, well, he says in Proverbs that out of, the, out of the heart flow the issues of life. In every issue of my life, I come in and I acknowledge you 
as the Lord, the ruler over this area. And I place my trust in you through this. I acknowledge you in all your ways, it says, acknowledge him in everything. Acknowledge him. And then the last statement of the verse. He says, and then he will direct your paths. I want my path to direct it. Lord, guide me. Show me what I must do. We cry out, Lord, give me the blueprint for this. Show me how do you, how you want me to do it. What should I do? And how should, wh- 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 show me how it's supposed to work, Lord. And he says, okay. Trust me with everything. Everything that flows through your heart, trust me. Get rid of your own understanding of how things ought to be done. You, you know, uh, it's so funny how we in society will go about doing things and we will accept these as um, as pillars, as rocks, as, uh, as a definition for doing something. To grow it, to be successful. And then the Lord will say, no, blow it up. And then then you'll be successful. And our mind wars against it. We, we think, no, 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 but this is how they've always done it. If you build this way and do it like this and do step by step, he says, no, 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 no. Get rid of it. Blow it up. Then, then we'll do it. It'll grow. And, and, and it wars with everything you're thinking about. He says, Close the ministry down and start over. That makes no sense. He says, walk away from this. Don't do, but it makes no sense. You ask, Lord, I want more of you. And he says, okay, get rid of this out of your life. And you're like, what does that have to do with having more of you? This has nothing to do with it. And to him, he sees your heart and how much it has root and control of your heart, and we may not even recognize it, that if we leave it in the state that it is, it will grow inside of our heart. And he says, get rid of it. And you're like, but that is like, has nothing to do with this. And he says, it has everything. Trust in me with everything. Let go of your understanding. Lord, my business is short this month. We need to make more money, more revenue. I need you to show me how it's done. And he says, go and sit and just rest and be with me. And you say, but to sit and be with you, that will stop me from cold calling people, reaching out and getting new clients. I have to have new. And he says, just come be with me. Just sit. Take a day off. And and we're like, what? No. No. Then for someone else, Lord, I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. I I don't want to go anywhere today. I'm just going to sit here. And he says, go and clean out the garage. And you're like, what does that have to do with being with you? He says, take the worship music and play it. And all of a sudden, while you're cleaning and moving, he begins to move upon you. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust requires me. If I trust him with my entire life, it requires that the way that I've always seen something done, the way that I've always done it or heard it being done, the way I've seen my parents do it or the way people in society do it, even down to the Lord has called you to build multiple locations whether it's in the church world, whether it's in the business sector. And you've built, you've gotten two locations and you built them the same way. And then you go for your third in a different city and your mind is thinking that I'm going to do it. The other two were very successful. I'll do the third just like it. And the Lord says, no, you, you won't be successful here doing it. And you're 
But the other two ways, it was successful. And he says, no, not here. I cannot lean on my own understanding even when I have been successful in the things that I've done. Even when there's been great success where we have done so many wonderful things, I cannot lean on my own understanding. If you go through the Scriptures right now, in the Gospels, and look at the healings of Jesus, the ones that were listed. I challenge you to find where he did the same thing twice. Trust with all of your heart, your whole life. Don't lean on your own understanding. The, the, the way you did it here today, tomorrow may not be the same thing. You could be praying for someone today who has issues in their eyes, cataracts. And today, you hear the Lord say, lay your hands on them, on their eyes, and pray. And tomorrow, you could come across someone who has the same issue. And the Lord says, don't touch them. Or he says, do something else. And if we lean upon our own understanding, we will have short-circuited the process to Him directing our life, our path. If we try to short-circuit the steps or don't do them, hope will not explode in my life. Because He says, you got to trust me with your entire life. Everything. Don't lean. Don't think about the way you've done it. Don't think about the way your parents did it, your grandparents, your friends, the people all around you. Don't think about, you know, one of the things that <coughs> I don't like, and I'm not calling out anyone, <coughs> but when we attempt to package church building, people who are church planters, and we sell them uh, packages on how to do it, when we provide sermon prep kits and things like that, um, I don't like that because we are attempting to remove the leading and the guiding of the Lord out of our own personal daily life. He says, trust in me. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't use your own understanding, however it may come, as a crutch for your life, your daily life. Then he says, in all your ways. All your ways. Not some, not a couple, not the ones that you feel like it or not, that you, you're willing to give up control. He says, in all of your ways, acknowledge me, me. And then he says, I will direct your path. Just want to infuse trust today. A quickening that trust is divine in that I give the Lord everything. I look to Him in everything. I trust that He is good as He says He is. David says, I would have lost heart. I would have lost hope had I not trusted, believed that I would see His goodness. He says, trust me in everything. Give all your issues to me. I'll guide you. I'll lead you. And when you do that, I'm telling you, you'll be hard-pressed not to see hope explode in your life. And when hope explodes, faith will explode in your life. Let me ask this question as I close for faith exploding and trust. Is there anything today that you would do if fear was not on the table? Anything that you were like, I, I would love to do this, I'm thinking about it, but I'm, there's, there's just this little area of fear that is holding me back. Because if there's anything in my life that I am not doing simply be because of fear, not simply, 
but do, not doing because of fear, then fear has reduced me. And my life of trust in that area is lacking. And if my life of trust is lacking, then hope is not exploding. And faith is not fully alive. Trust. With everything. Even that area there where the enemy has tried to say, you better not do that. You can't do that. Who do you think you are? Even that. He says, give it all to me. Trust me with your whole heart. Get rid of your understanding about everything. Acknowledge me in all your ways, and I got you, he says. I got you. I'll show you each step along the path. You're a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. You are the guiding light of my life. You will live as the hope. He says, we are, because of Christ, the light of the world. When we trust completely and fully and wholly that everything, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those who, one, love the Lord and who are called according to His purpose. It means that I trust that everything of my life, that He will waste nothing of my life. And He knows how to get me ready for the divine purpose that he has for me. Do I trust that? Do I believe that? If I do, oh, you will be a hope giant. Hope will explode out of your heart, out of your life. It will be contagious, and people will be drawn into this life of faith. Because he tells us in Hebrews that faith is the substance of things hoped for. But I must trust in his goodness and his faithfulness that faith would come alive. It would come alive. It would explode. And I would live in every area a life of faith that cannot be stopped. How are you trusting today? I just pray as we, we end, I just pray that trust that you would begin to trust this Friday, June 25th, that is a quickening, a refreshing, a reminding that I ought to trust Him with everything. Today, right now, whatever area of my life, you can bring it before Him and say, Holy Spirit, help me trust here. I have not trusted with this issue of my life, with this part of my life. I've held it back for me, maybe, maybe you had a rough marriage up until this point, and you haven't trusted that the Lord could turn it completely around and give you a wonderful, beautiful marriage while you're here. Maybe you've had a difficult child, and you haven't trusted the Lord with that child's life, that He can bring them back around to surrender to the Lord and honoring their lives and their families' lives. What, what, maybe you haven't trusted in this season that you would have enough that uh, uh, with everything that's taking place, and maybe today is that moment that you say, I will trust you with my business, with my employment, with the finances of my home. I will trust you. Help me, Holy Spirit, to trust. Maybe there is <clears throat> some illness, some sickness, whatever, that you haven't fully trusted the Lord, or you did it once, but because it has lingered so long, that you, you've lost hope and you've walked out of trust that He can do it. Oh, He's more than capable. And He is willing to heal all who come to Him. So today, I just ask you to come back into trust, to refresh the life of trust in Him because His goodness knows no end. He is completely, 100% good. Even when I don't understand. He is good. Trust in Him with your entire life. Lay your life before Him. Don't lean on what you think you know or what you have learned. Don't lean on it and then acknowledge Him in every way of yours. And he's got you. 
He'll direct your path. He'll lead you to what he's promised you. Amen. Father, we love you today. and We're so grateful for your goodness. We thank you for how faithful you always are to us. Now, I ask that you will lead us into this place of deeper trust, complete trust, where we trust you with our entire lives because you are just that good. You are faithful even when we lack faith. So we ask today, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal to us areas that we have not trusted you fully in. And then help us lay our lives down before you to trust you with everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. I thank you for joining us today. This has been Midday Meditations at the Father's Table with yours truly, Ronnie Tate. I am your host. And I'm the lead pastor of the Father's House Frisco. We thank you for joining us, and I pray, pray you have been blessed by that today. Trust. Trusting in him with everything. I pray that you're being quickened and transformed to living that life. Well, this has been, again, Midday Meditations. We will be back with you next Friday, and I believe we'll be in July at that point. Can you believe it? July is upon us. This year is, will be more than half over. We look forward to seeing you then. Until then, may the Lord keep you. May he bless you. May he cover you in everything and lead you into deeper realms with him. Love you, and we will see you next Friday at Midday Meditations here on the Father's Table. Bye-bye.